welcome to the Lazy Parenting Podcast, hosted by me, Stephanie Kennedy, the self-proclaimed OG lazy parent. Every week, we're going to dive deep into the concept and methodology of lazy parenting, and I'll share all of my tips and tricks and strategies to help support you in this crazy journey of parenting that we are all on. So listen in, implement the strategies, and watch as your children become more independent, more capable, more self-reliant in all of their things. You'll be amazed as you watch their confidence grow, and they become happy, joyful, kind, empathetic, young adults ready to head off on their own, living their true purpose. Sounds exciting, right? So let's go. Let's all become lazy parents. Lazy Parenting Show with me, your host, Stephanie Kennedy, mom of four, entrepreneur, owner of two businesses, former high school math and science teacher, coach of all things sports, um, but specifically I own an all-star cheer gym right now. And yeah, this is episode two of season two of the Lazy Parenting Show. So I'm going to get started. Today in real time, we are on day two of election day in the U.S. I am Canadian, but I got to tell you that here in Canada, we definitely follow along with what's going on south of the border because what you guys do down in the States does affect us. And we're just crossing our fingers that good decisions are made, that people come together, that the divisiveness that's happening settles away and slows down. I am again in my car. You might hear rain in the background. It is a rainy day today. I'm hoping I'm hoping that it doesn't interfere with sound quality too badly. Um, but we're going to get started and just see how this goes today. Today, so in this time of chaos and uncertainty, not only in regards to the election, but also in regards to COVID that has now been here for seven months on the planet, affecting all of us. As parents, we can see that fear, the anxiety, the trepidation, all sorts of things possibly not only affecting us and how we are showing up for our families, but also affecting our kids. And so today's podcast is all about 10 ways, plus a bonus, 10 ways that we can develop resiliency in our children to help them learn how to get through hard things. I often talk about how we as parents have to work on ourselves first. It is us who are the leader of our family. It is us who are the role models to our children. And so therefore, if we are not working on these things ourselves, within ourselves, our children are going to start to model and mirror our poor choices, our poor behaviors, and they're going to be more anxious. They're going to be more scared. They're going to be more uncertain about what's going on. And that fear and anxiety is going to overwhelm them. So as parents, we have to take these things under control Make sure that we are healthy mentally and physically so that we can attack these things with our kids. So here we go. We are going to go through 10 things that we can all do. Now, remember, we can only control the lens through which we are viewing these different things. We can control our reaction to them. That's a fact. We can control our feelings and what we do with the things that the world is throwing at us. And if we do those things, we can help our children build the resiliency that they need and the ability to see all of this as something that they can and will get through. Because remember, as our grandparents have often said to all of us, this too shall pass. We will get through to the other side of these hard things. You are not going to live in this hard season forever. That is the way life works, ups and downs. Right now, for some of you, this might be a really deep tro, trough, tro, 
that you are in the middle of and you are having a hard time seeing how you are going to climb up that hill and get to the top. For others, we might be handling the COVID situation okay. We have some good healthy habits that we've been um, possibly double downing on and helping us to get through this time. And so we're on the hill, but we're not down deep in the valley of the hill. So I believe that the best way to help our children to get through these times is to shape the lessons that they are going through. What does that mean? That means we have to intentionally manage our own feelings and our own actions, knowing that those are the things that our children are going to be seeing. They are looking to us to see how we should be feeling or how they should be feeling based on how we are feeling. So that is our job as the parents. What we're gonna to do today is gonna to work through 10 feelings that I think you might be feeling right now in the midst of all of this chaos. So feeling number one, how many of you are feeling like, I feel like I'm failing? It's always such a sad comment to hear from a parent. I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm failing as a mom. I feel like I'm failing as a wife. I feel like I'm failing as a parent. I feel like I'm failing as a sister or a daughter. We need to learn self-forgiveness. There is nothing that is perfect in this world. Perfection doesn't exist, right? There is no such thing as being the perfect whatever, fill in the blank. So if it doesn't exist for us, that means it doesn't exist for our children either. And the sooner we can help our children understand that the goal is not perfection. The goal is to slowly move forward step by step by step. If they can learn to have compassion for themselves, if they can learn that un learn and understand that failing and getting up again is the goal. If we can learn from our failures, then we are setting our children up for success. Now, again, that means that we have to do that as well. We can't put all of this pressure on us as the caregivers, the parents, the business partners, the sisters, the friends. We are not going to be perfect. We are going to screw up. And hell, I screw up all the time. But we have to learn from those failures and we have to move forward. And we have to teach our children that failure is normal. We can't rescue them all the time. We have to help them see that they will too get through this tough time. That 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 is the goal and that we as parents, that is what we are trying to teach them. Um, whether it's at school, at sports, in music, in theater, whatever it is that the children are doing, they might not get the part. They might fail that test. They might have forgotten something that day. All of these little steps along the way are opportunities for us to teach them and opportunities for us to show them that those things are normal and once we know better, we can do better. And so it is having to go through those things in order to get ahead. Because let's face it, with whatever we're going through right now, with whatever your children are going through at whatever age that they happen to be right now, we can all agree, right? That they're gonna go through things that are much harder than this in their future, much harder. Yes, things that I went through as a teenager were hard, but that had nothing based on losing a baby, losing my mom and dad, going through, watching them suffer through cancer, all of those things. Like as an adult, the things that we go through are far more stressful than what we're going through right now, um, what your children are going through right now. And so we have to teach them the skills to get through that and to see that there is a light on the other side and they just have to get through it. So that's number one. If you feel like you're failing, please try to embrace that failure don't be so hard on yourself and know that you have another chance to try and do better the next day. Learn from your mistake and move on. The second feeling is this feeling of frustration. 
you being frustrated, your kids being frustrated. We need to learn to empathize. One of the most important lessons we can teach our kids is for them to see the importance, the importance of genuinely understanding another person's point of view. And when in the world has there ever been a time then right now with COVID, elections, politics, now is the time that we need to be demonstrating to our children that we have empathy and that we can understand another person's point of view. Being frustrated with the way that the world is working is not going to get us any farther. Living in that frustration, wallowing in that frustration, we need to try really hard, even if we don't agree, to understand where someone else is coming from, where someone with a different point of view why they have that point of view. It is only through those sorts of conversations that we can begin to come together and understand how things are going. How do you do that? It's by listening. We have to teach our kids what it means to be a good listener. We only can understand what someone else is going through if we actually listen for the sake of listening, listening for the sake of understanding and not, which what most of us do, is listen with just thinking about, okay, what am I going to say next? Yeah, what's my counterpoint? How am I going to argue back to that person? That's not listening. That's just arguing your point. That's having a debate. That's not what I'm talking about. Our frustration with the things that are going on in the world, our frustrations with COVID can only come, can only be like alleviated slightly is if we seek to understand. And so us as the parents need to model this idea of seeking to understand when our kids are frustrated, we need to sit down with them and try to listen to what they're saying and trying to understand where that frustration is coming from. Like without trying to solve their problem, but just listening. So are we asking inquiry questions? Are we just listening and then reiterating what we think that they're saying to get clarification that what they're saying is what we're hearing? That is a key. And I'll be honest, this is something that I have struggled with my whole life is listening for seeking to understand. I'm the third born in a family. I have two older brothers. Let me just tell you, I had to constantly fight to get my, my voice heard in my family. As a young woman, I had to constantly fight to get my voice and my opinions heard. And so that might have made me less open to listening what other people had to say because I felt like nobody was listening to me. And so I was constantly trying to get my voice heard. As I've gotten older and as I've had children and as I've had jobs and as I've owned businesses and I've had to manage staff, really a key skill that I want my children to learn at a much younger age than I learned is how to be a good listener. And I call my kids on this all the time. My youngest will often start talking to me um, and she'll ask me a question and I'll answer the question and then she'll go off right away again and start talking about herself. And I'm like, well, you just asked me a question, but you didn't really listen to what I had to say. Or if I gave a little piece of information like that, you probably should have asked more about or empathized with, you didn't do that. So are we using opportunities in our everyday conversation to help teach our children how to empathize? The other one that I talked about, I think last week was like when you're driving and somebody cuts you off, are you immediately frustrated and yelling at that person? Or are you demonstrating to your children what empathy is and saying something like, oh my gosh, that person must have had a really hard day. That's empathy, right? That's understanding, seeking to understand where the other person's coming from. That's the skill that I want my kids to have as they move on through their life and into the world. So we really, really need to try to ask questions of our children when we're listening to them 
We need to seek to understand, but then we also need to call them out if they're not doing it back. We need to use times in our conversation, times in our day with them um, to really teach them what that means. And let me tell you, there are how many times in a day that you get frustrated with things that are going on around you or with other people around you? There are lots of learning opportunities for us to practice empathy. And in the world right now, with everything from COVID to the election and politics and masks and vaccines and all of that, there's never a better time than to engage in a conversation right now, trying to show your children that you are open to listening and trying to understand someone else's point of view. Number three. I don't know how to handle how I feel. What does that mean? Do you not know how to handle how you feel? That's an important piece. If you are struggling to come up with understanding what all of these emotions are in your body, then that's something that we as the adults have to work on. We need to be able to name our emotions. We need to be able to understand where those emotions are coming from. We need to understand how to sit in those emotions. And then we have to understand how to release those emotions. And that's the lesson that we have to teach our children as well. We have to teach our children how to name their emotions, how to name the things that are going on inside of them, because only once they can name their emotions, will they then be able to go on and communicate with other, the partners in their lives, their friends in their lives, their boss, their, their fellow employees, staff, they need to be able to communicate their feelings so that they can advocate for what they need. We need to know our feelings so that we can advocate for what we need in our relationships. So not knowing how to handle how we feel starts with naming our emotions and then sitting in those emotions and trying to understand where those emotions are coming from. And then eventually the most important part is releasing those emotions and moving on because you can't wallow and sit in the despair and the sorrow and the anger, all of that for too long. We need to find ways to get out of it. And that's what we need to do with our children. We need to teach them how to do those things as well. Number four, I don't know how to respond. Like when they're asking you questions and your kids are confused or upset about what's going on in the world and they're getting anxious and you not knowing how to respond, that's totally okay. You are not expected to have all of the answers. We aren't expected to have all of the answers as the parents. And I think that when we try to have all of the answers, we're just setting ourselves up for failure and setting our relationship up with our children to come to heads with each other. Because we are, if we lie and pretend that we know all the answers, well, they're going to call us out on that. So I often say, well, I'm not sure. I don't know. That's okay. We're just going to try to figure out how to get through um these emotions that we're having or the anger that we're sitting in or the frustration that we're sitting in or the emotions that the kids are having. Not knowing how to respond is okay. We just have to try to bring a sense of calmness into our lives. Um, and really, when we don't know how to respond, and I say that we don't know how to do something, it doesn't mean that we're playing victim though. So that's not part of it. I'm not saying you get to play victim and wallow in that pity and um, anxiety and frustration or sadness. We have to show our children that we're honest and clear about what we understand and what we don't understand. And that um, it's okay for them to have questions and not really know the answers either. Because it's only when we do that, that we're going to be able to move forward and release those emotions. So our children don't want us to lie to them. They want the truth. And then how we present that truth to them is what is most important. There is a sense of calmness that comes over sometimes when you don't know the answer and you're not trying to find the answer, or trying to lie about the answer. Okay, feeling number five. 
my mind feels out of control. So our mental health, like if we're feeling like our mind is out of control and we just don't know what to do, we have to remember that our mental health is linked to our physical health. And so if we as parents aren't working hard every single day to keep our physical health at the top of our priority list, well, then we're doing a disservice to our kids. Physical movement is directly linked to our mental health. We know that if we sit on the couch all day watching TV or sit on our computer all day or on our phone all day, that we don't feel great. I mean, yesterday watching the election, like I had a headache. I had been sitting. I'd been on my computer all day working. I just, I felt gross. And so modeling to the children and saying things like, oh my gosh, I've been sitting all day. I do not feel well. I'm going to go for a walk. So my husband and I, we went for our evening walk right in the middle of all of that just to clear our heads and to feel better. When we model that to our children, you will find your children will start to understand that physical activity actually helps them. My daughter hates being home for very long by herself. She will say, I need to go for a walk. Who wants to go for a walk with me? And we will move forward and have a walk together. Most of us know that when the kids have been inside all day jumping off the walls, the best thing we can do at that moment is to get them dressed appropriately and let make them go outside for a long period of time to burn off that energy to get the fresh air. So if we are feeling overwhelmed and our mind is feeling out of control, that is directly linked to our physical health. That's one of the number one ways we can get control over our mental health is really making sure that we exercise, we eat right, and we keep our body in check. And if we can model that to our kids, our kids will follow along. I promise. If parents are fit and healthy and taking really good care of themselves, the children are going to see that and the children are going to want to do that as well. Okay. Number six, I keep thinking about the worst case scenario. Now that's really easy to do in a time like this right now, right? Like it is really easy to get into a deep, dark hole thinking about all of the what ifs. And so what's really, really important here is that we try really, really hard to ensure that we are staying in the present and living in our current reality. We have to focus on this and you have to catch yourself. If you find yourself going into that deep, dark, down that rabbit hole of the what ifs, focus on the reality of now, catch yourself, know that you are doing that, that what you're thinking about, the likelihood of it happening is very, very small. So let's pull it back. Let's think about the current situation, what is happening right now, and then think about how we can help our children if we're doing that. We need to really be careful and watch when our children sometimes jump to the worst case scenario as well, because they will do it more than us because they have not lived through anything hard yet. And so they might make up all of these big stories based on like books that they're reading, movies that they're watching. They just, they don't know. And so it's up to us as the parent, it's up to us as the caregivers that they're adult. It's up to us as the adults in their lives that we help them get through this, that we're their guide, that we are the reassurance that they're going to need to find their way through to the other side. And that they know that, that these hard things will pass, that the worst case scenario is likely not going to happen because we know we've lived through lots of bad things and that with us beside them, they are going to make it through. So that's number six. Number seven, I feel helpless. So what can we really do? Why do we feel helpless? We feel helpless that we can't change what's going on in the world. But can we do something to make the situation better? There is nothing better at overcoming this feeling of helplessness than really coming up with a list of ways that you actually can help. 
or actually can move forward. Ways that you can attack the problem. So again, instead of wallowing in this fear or this feeling of helplessness or just sitting and like letting the world attack you, the key is, can you come up with a to-do list? Can you come up with some form of attack, some form of things that make you feel like you're moving or helping or you're helping the situation? Maybe that's volunteering. Maybe that's going and delivering some meals to some elderly in your community during COVID. Maybe that's making a plan for your children to call grandma and grandpa every night at this time in order to reach out to them so that they're not sad if that's part of your feeling of helplessness that you can't help them. What are ways that you can help? In hard times, we look for the helpers in the community. Those are the people that are going to help change the world and help get us out to the other side. So again, don't accept failure and disappointment as the be-all end-all. It's not permanent. We, things will change. If we fail at something, we can try again. If we apply to a program and don't get in, we can try again. Um, there's always a way to move through tough times. Instead of viewing them as setbacks, view them as opportunities to try again and to try in a better way. So that helplessness feeling really is going to get better if we can think about ways to help be the helper in the community. Teach our children to be the helpers in the community, in their school community, in their friends community, in their sporting community. Number eight, I can't do everything. How many of you have this overwhelming feeling every day? I can't do it. I can't do everything. If you are a new mom, then you absolutely have felt this over and over and over again. We need to learn to let some things go. And for those of us that are a bit more controlling, I don't want to say controlling in a bad way, but those of us that have had to do it all our whole lives by ourselves might find it difficult to let some of these things go. But we have to let things go. We can't do it all. That's impossible. Not if you're going to keep your sanity anyways. So we need to learn to let things go. Things are different in the world. Grocery shopping was really difficult. Like, I don't cook I'll be honest, I barely cook because I don't really enjoy it. And it's just one of those things that it's just another thing I have to think about. If I have to think about what I'm going to cook, oh my God, you're thinking about it at noon. I know some of you might be fine and you're great at meal planning and grocery shopping and you love to cook. I do not. I do not like trying to figure out how to feed my children all the time. And so when they were young, it was whatever we could do at the time. Um, now we have the means we order HelloFresh, which is like a meal delivery system. That is not an ad. We just use them. Um, we, I teach my kids to cook. Again, I'm the lazy parent. So the more I can get my kids to do the work, then that is me letting some of that stuff go. Is it going to be cooked the exact way that I would have cooked it? Absolutely not. When my son cooks herbs, he cuts it up stems and all. And I find that in my food, but I got to let it go. If I'm going to ask my partner to help with the cleaning, I got to let it go that it's not going to be done possibly in the same way that I would do it. If I need my partner to feed the baby, they might not hold the baby the same way I would or hold the bottle or burp the baby the same way I would burp the baby. I've got to let it go. You can't do it all. So hear this. If you hear nothing else today and you are a new mom or you have little children at home, you can't possibly do it all. Even if you have older kids, you can't nor you should be doing it all for them. They're old enough to be doing this stuff by themselves. And so number eight, please, please, please. Your number one priority is, is everybody safe? Is everybody fed? Is everybody healthy? Do you have a house or a roof over your head? If those things are there and your relationships are strong, everything else is a bonus. 
those are the things that you need to get done every day. Okay, number nine. I had so many plans and they're not working out. Who else has had that feeling? Like you had plans for things to happen, whether it's in business or in your family or vacations or things you're going to do in the house, jobs that you thought you would have. And now you don't have a job and that has now affected everything in your family. Things are not the same, but when is life ever going to be the same? Life will continually throw us curveballs for our whole rest of our lives. Just when you think things are good, someone in your family is going to get cancer. Just when you think things are okay, someone's going to lose their job. Just when you think things are okay, your child is going to get hurt. Things happen. That is the reality of life. And so we need to embrace the change and not embrace, obviously, illness and sickness. That's terrible. Those are horrible, horrible things to happen. But the idea is, we're going to, we know we're going to get through it. We know we're going to make it to the other side, that life is going to go on as dark and dreary as that sounds. Life does go on regardless of what happens. The world keeps spinning. The world keeps going. And so what we can do though, is we can learn to adapt. And when we learn to adapt, we teach our children how to adapt. When we teach our children about the resiliency it takes to get through life and to understand that this challenge right now, yes, is a challenge and sucks, sucks to the biggest but we're going to get through it. And how are we going to get through it to the other side? Are we going to come out stronger? Are we going to come out better? Are we going to have stronger relationships with each other? How are we going to get to the other side? Because remember, what we thought was going to happen is not going to happen. And so we have to understand and embrace that that journey to that end destination is going to look very different, but we can still get to that end destination most of the time. It's just We need to change our path on how we're getting there. And you know what? Sometimes that destination changes once you're on the path and you work your way there. And that's okay too. You're allowed to change the destination. Things will always change. Adaptability is the number, is one of the number one skills that I would want my children all to have to just know to go with the punches and roll with it because life is going to always change on you. And then number 10. I miss my family and friends. Oh my gosh, who of us do not miss our family and friends? And depending on where you live and how COVID is affecting you and your family, you might be in a really, really small bubble right now, or you might be in a larger bubble and you might be somewhere like where I am, where the kids are back at school, kids are back at sports. Um, everybody wears a mask everywhere. Um, our bubbles are really, really small outside of those things in our, outside of those activities that we're allowed to do. Again, school and sports meant for the mental health of our children is really, really important. And so mitigating the risks of COVID and having healthy, happy children, right? That's kind of part of this whole situation as well. But I get that we miss our family and friends. We don't get to see our grandma, uh, the grandmas and grandpas very much. We don't get to see our aunts and uncles and our cousins. Um, We have to think about all of those things and how that's affecting our, our kids and how it's affecting us. And so what can we do to foster those relationships? And yes, they're going to look different, but we do need to spend time fostering those relationships. When COVID first hurt, when COVID first hit, each of my children, remember I have four of them, had to call Oma on a different day so that we knew Oma was getting a, a taste of her grandchildren every single day. That was a way for us to help her. And it was a way for our kids to feel connected to their grandma, even though they didn't get to see her. Now that they get to see her a little bit more in person, that somebody is going over and visiting her on a regular basis to make sure that she is taken care of and that the kids are having that connection as well. Zoom calls, um, Facebook groups, all of this, watching videos, listening to podcasts, all of that will help us 
feel like we are having more connection with people isn't the same as having hugs and going out for dinner with your close friends or going to a concert. No, but the reality is we can't do any of that stuff right now. And so how best can we foster those relationships in the time that we're in right now? And our children need to have that relationship needs. Our children need to have those relationships. Um, and how, as we as the parents, can we help foster them? So we got to learn technology. We got to learn how to do a Zoom. We got to learn all of those things to make sure that our children are staying connected and that we, as the moms and the dads, are staying connected as well. And then the last very thing I want to talk about was this. How many of us are feeling like, are things ever just going to go back to the way they are or back to the way they were? Are things going to go back to the way they were? That's what I want to end the episode on, on one word, and that is hope. We have to have hope for the future and what is to come. Resiliency is all about bouncing back, more than bouncing back. It's about adapting and changing and finding new strengths, new skills, all of that, that we have gone through these tough times and come out on the other end stronger. We've grown. We've been come um, better capable, better adapted to whatever that next challenge in our life is going to be. That's what every challenge is. That's what every um, crisis in our life is teaching us. It's teaching us skills. If we embrace it, like I don't mean embrace the bad times. I get that bad times suck. But if we can embrace it as a learning time and know and trust that we're gaining skills that's going to help us the next time something comes into our face, um, because there's going to be another thing. I, if anything I know in the world it is that, that something else bad is going to happen. Not that long, not that far away, but I can't focus on that. I can't be a doomsdayer. I can't just be like, Oh my God, the world sucks. Life sucks. Cause I know something bad is going to happen. I have to think about the moment that I'm in and what skills am I acquiring so that I can get through that next thing with strong relationships, with my health, with my family intact and all of those things as we get through to the other side. Remember that it is all about living in the now and seeing the good in our day-to-day -day life right now, in spite of the uncertainty and chaos that might exist around us. It is about knowing about love and empathy and resilience and knowing that those are the foundation that we have to instill in our kids. We have to do that to ensure that they are equipped to handle the challenges that they're going to face in their future. We want to know that they are going to be able to navigate and likely without us by their side, right? We have to know that at some point in our children's lives, they're going to be going through all of this without us there. I don't have my mom and my dad anymore. I lost them both. I'm in this by myself. Yes, I have my brothers. I have my husband. I have my family. But those skills, like my parents had to teach me those skills so that I would have them and be ready to move and handle anything that life throws at me. And you know, I'm 48. I got another 40 years of life throwing stuff at me. As long as I've been on this planet, I plan to live the same amount still. And so we have to be strong. We have to double down on all of these skills. We have to teach the resiliency to our children so that they too, when they're in their 30s and their 40s, they have the skills to move through all of the challenges that life gets thrown at them. I hope you guys found this helpful today. I hope that you took a moment to listen to this and go through those 10, 11 feelings that you might be having as we live in this chaotic time right now. And I hope that you really think about how you as the adult, how you as the parent can show up for your own life first so that you can model these behaviors to your children. Because the number one way that our children are going to learn how to do all this is by watching us. 
They are watching us all the time. They are watching us when we complain about things that are going on. They are watching us when we say that things are, you know, somebody's a bad person or they cheated us or that we are the victim. Instead, we need to use empowering language so that the children see us taking control of our own lives, about taking control of the decisions that we make and being able to move through it to the other side, being as happy and healthy and strong and resilient as we possibly can. So again, thanks so much for listening to today's episode. Please, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening on the podcast, please make sure you subscribe, leave a review, um, give us, tap the little stars so that I know that you watched it and that you're finding value in the podcast. Um, all my love to you guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and we'll see you back here next week again. Love you.